shattered. Too unbreakable. Listen here, sweet sister. Whether you think you have one little crack or you are shattered into a billion pieces, this podcast is going to give you the resources, tools, and skills to help piece yourself back together to form a beautiful, unique, solid, and unbreakable masterpiece. You are listening to Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim Podcast. Let's talk. Hey guys, Aubrey here. Brandy's going to be joining us in just a second, but first I wanted to give you a trigger warning. We are talking about some pretty heavy content today. So if you are dealing with abuse or if you have dealt with it in the past, any kind of abuse, this might be a difficult one to listen to. I do think that there are some great things for you here in this episode today, but I wanted to give you the chance to make that decision for yourself before we really dig in. I also wanted to remind you that None of the content on any of these episodes is intended to take the place of professional medical advice. All of the content is based off of Brandy's personal experience and intensive study. But if you feel the need to speak to a licensed therapist or a medical professional, we encourage you to do that. And we'll be here to encourage you as you go on your journey. All right. That being said, let's dig in. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shattered to Unbreakable. I'm your host, Brandi Babin, and today we're talking about some heavy stuff. I have so many inquiries about domestic violence. What does that look like? What are the different types of abuse? Honestly, it's hard to understand that just because you're not being physically abused doesn't mean you're not being abused. And There are so many times that I've heard somebody say, like, I'm not going to leave unless there's something physical. And I totally felt the same way as far as just wanting that that sign that I wasn't crazy. Like, if I have a bruise, then I know I'm not crazy. So I wanted to just cover some of the different types of abuse because I didn't really understand a lot of these. And it just helps to know. So number one, obviously, is physical. We know all about that. That's what's on the news. Um, The next one is sexual abuse. So this is going beyond the physical sexual abuse of like being attacked or the obvious ways of sexual abuse. Um, I just did a, a post about this, but there's something called sexual coercion. This is a type of abuse that might be happening and your abuser might not even know what it is. So sometimes people can do this without understanding that they're being abusive. This, for example, is somebody touching you, trying to initiate an encounter, and it could be even your husband or your wife is touching you in a way that is sexual and you're not open to that. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. That is a type of sexual abuse. Um, like I said, they're probably not meaning to. And if you bring that up, they're going to be like, what? There's no way. That's not my intention. But it's very important to talk with your partner about what is comfortable and what isn't and what, you know, makes you excited to engage in an intimate time with them and what doesn't. And that conversation should go in a way of a calm conversation of you both being open to finding out what each other likes no defensiveness. So if you have more questions on that one, you can message me 
privately. That could probably be a whole podcast episode in and of itself, but um, I'll move on for the sake of time today. But that is um, a form of abuse. The third one is emotional and psychological. So obviously this is going to be the verbal abuse, the gaslighting, the criticism, those kinds of things. The thing that's scary about this is you're not going to feel like this is abuse and other people are going to tell you you're being too sensitive or to get a, a thicker skin or things like that. And bottom line is if it's devaluing you, it's abuse. Like I said, might be something that the other person doesn't realize they're doing, but it's important to communicate that that's how it feels. The fourth type of abuse is spiritual. This is interesting because it's not supposed to be this way. <laughs> Your spiritual life is supposed to be a safe place. And that's why churches are supposed to be like sacred, right? You can step on the floor of a church and not worry about being abused. It's supposed to be how it is. Spiritual abuse is using somebody's faith to coerce them or exploit them. Mm. So if somebody's using your faith to make you behave in a way that they want you to behave, then that is spiritual abuse. Financial abuse is the other one. This is um, sometimes harder to understand. And this would be like if you're feeling controlled, like you're not allowed to spend money in your marriage or um, I feel like this one really happens mostly in either the workplace or a marriage mm -hmm. because the husband or wife is going to be like, no, you're, you can't, you can't spend that money or I need to know what you're spending or, you know, there's difference between communicating as a unit on where you want to spend money together and telling someone they're not allowed or giving them an allowance in the marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as workplace goes, this would like financial abuse would be like paying someone less than their worth, but telling them that they're family, you know, and making you feel anytime you hear like, oh, but everyone that works for us, we're all like family. That's actually more of an abusive atmosphere. Mm. And so if you are working somewhere and they're making you feel like your family, like, oh, you have ownership and, you know, this is your business too. And and then they're asking you to do extra favors or work late or not compensate you for things. It's like, oh, well, we're all doing that. We're all, you know, you know, paying the dues. We're all a family in this together. So that's a, another form of abuse. So you could Google and get lost in all these types of abuse in all these different areas. Basically, the, the thing that you need to remember when it comes to abusive is if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. Mm -hmm. And so just explore that idea. Um, if you're dealing with any of these types of abuse, you can call 1-800-799-7233 and just ask questions. This is not like when you call, you raise a red flag and you're on some radar. Mm -hmm. This is just calling to explore, am I being abused or am I not? And it can be in any areas. It doesn't have to just be with your spouse or in a relationship that you're in, it could be someone at work, it could be a family member, um, it could be a friend, it could be someone in your church. So I know that this hotline is more so dealing with couples, but you can ask these questions um, to the people on here. You can also text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788 if you're afraid to call and you just kind of want to text them. 
And then if you do feel like you're in an abusive marriage or relationship and it's kind of getting scary, you can call a woman's place in Greeley. They have escape plans that they will go through with you, which are actually quite amazing. So you can call 970-680-4813 if you are in the northern Colorado area. They'll help you with some um, plans, safety plans, escape plans, financial plans. It's actually really nice. So when I'm talking about abuse, I want to talk about something that happens called trauma bonding. This is best explained when people say, why didn't you just leave? Mm -hmm. Why can't you just leave? Or just leave. <laughs> <laughs> like they're telling you to leave. And and these people are not leaving. Like I'm sure some of you have experienced that with a friend even. Like, oh my gosh, it's written on the wall. Mm -hmm. Like you must have rose-colored glasses on. Everyone else can see this but you. What is going on? Why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave? And the poor person who's talking to you is probably complaining a lot about this person that they, <laughs> that they can't stand being around. Like I said, could be anyone. Could be a coworker. Could be a parent. Could be whatever. But you know, most of the time, this is a, a relationship thing that you're dealing with, but they keep complaining about this person and yet they stay and you're like, you're crazy. <laughs> and I totally get it. But I want to explain why they're staying. There's something called a trauma bond and it's chemical. It happens inside your body. You cannot help it. It's like being addicted to drugs. It does the exact same thing in your brain and in your body that drugs do. So when someone gets in a relationship with somebody, um, they first go through love bombing. Love bombing feels amazing. It is euphoric. You finally found your dream, your dream guy, your dream girl, your dream life, your dream future. There's something called future casting. So they're, they'll paint you a picture of what your life would look like with them. And it looks fantastic. Like you would be crazy not to stay with them. And you're so lucky that you found them. Like this is your dream come true. This is the fairy tale you've been waiting for. And I'm saying guys and girls because this is one of those things where guys suffer from this too. Mm -hmm. Men, I know there's not a lot of men listening to this podcast, but men also suffer from trauma bonding. There are so many female narcissists out there that are doing this to men as well. So this is anybody. So love bombing is where it starts. When love bombing happens, you're getting lots and lots of compliments. You're getting this future casting. It feels really, really good. Your dates are fun. They're probably buying you fancy things or taking you out to fancy dinners and just making you feel like you're on top of the world. When you first start feeling this love bombing, you're getting the dopamine hits. This is the feel good. And then the oxytocin is the intimate. So both of these things are happening chemically in your body that make you feel euphoric. And at this point, you'd be crazy to leave. Then you start to get this trust in this person and this dependency. You feel safe with them. You're excited to be with them. And you start to trust them with your life, with your future, all the things. Slowly, they start criticizing you. And it could be criticizing your friends, could be criticizing your family, could be criticizing your beliefs, your job, your habits, where you live, the dog you have, I mean, the way you wear your hair, anything can come up. And so once this criticism starts happening, 
you kind of start to figure out like this doesn't feel right like the way you're treating me doesn't feel right like you shouldn't be so upset over such little things like this like this shouldn't be a big deal right you're kind of this is logical for you and then they start gaslighting you well I mean I'm just trying to help you I just want you to be better. I love you. Like, I'm telling you these things because I love you. It's because I love you that I don't want you to stay this way. I mean, that the people that aren't telling you these things aren't your real friends. Like, this is the things that, that, that they start saying, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, so maybe I am crazy. Maybe I was raised wrong. Wow, maybe my friends are enabling me. Maybe I am outgrowing them. Maybe, 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 all the maybes. And so they start getting you to question like everything <laughs> from day one of your life. Your whole life like starts becoming a lie and they're right and you're wrong. And so then you resign to control because you're like, oh, well, you know, if they're right, then I need to pay close attention. They're trying to help me. So I need to, you know, lean into this, right? And then you lose yourself because then you start becoming who they want you to be. Then you start becoming somebody you think you're supposed to be and you start losing who you really are. Mm. And that's the cycle. Once you lose yourself, you either decide to leave because you're like, whoa, what just happened? Like, I'm not who I used to be. I don't find joy in life anymore. I don't I don't talk to any of my friends. My family won't even come around anymore. Like something's wrong. I've lost myself. And then you decide to leave. That's when they start the cycle all over again. Then they start love bombing you again. So they're going to tell you how amazing you are and how wrong that they've been. I mean, because you're going to be telling them like, hey, this isn't right. I've lost myself. I feel like, you know, you don't even love me. Like this just doesn't feel right. And, you know, I need to get back to myself. I need to, I need to be true to me. And they're going to be like, oh, you're so right. Like you're amazing. I'm sorry if I ever doubted you or made you feel like, like I didn't love you. And then there's going to be lots of those same things that got you in in the first place. And then once the love bombing phase is going, you're going to trust them again. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, this was really great. This is euphoric again. Those dopamine hits come. Those oxytocin hits come. And you're going to be like, yes, okay, yes, this is why we are together. Now I remember you do love me. You support me. You know, you think I'm the bee's knees. And then you're going to trust them again. So you're going to tell them the vulnerable things that hurt you before. And they're going to agree with you. And they're going to apologize. And then they're, once your trust and your dependency is back in order, then they're going to start slowly criticizing you again. And then they're going to gaslight you when you start to question that. And then you're going to believe they're gaslighting and think that you're crazy. So then you're going to let them control you again. And then you're going to lose yourself again. Mm -hmm. And every time that happens, they have more and more ammo because you have trusted them. And each time you trust them, you tell them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then they're going to know what it takes to get you back and what it takes to love bomb you, and what it takes to criticize you. So what I want to talk about is what happens to you when you are exposed to this trauma over and over again. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with what happens next. Are you constantly going and going and often not able to take care of yourself the way you wish you could? Do you have a hard time saying no and you're exhausted because you do too much? Do you feel like you live in a constant state of overwhelm and stress? 
Well, Bright Life Massage and Wellness is on a mission to support women in experiencing deep rest and balance by teaching them how to slow down, quiet all the noise in their busy lives, and connect back to themselves. Bright Life uses somatic, mindfulness, and body-centered techniques for those who are struggling physically, emotionally, and or spiritually to release and let go of what is no longer serving them so that they experience a happier, well-balanced life. They focus on the body-mind connection through gentle, slow body work or somatic-based coaching to help women understand and manage their emotions by becoming aware of the physical sensations felt in the body so that they learn to live in harmony with what is showing up, regulate and balance their emotions, and release what isn't working anymore. Bright Life is a safe place for you to retreat, heal, and rest, a place where you can take a deep breath, tend to your own inner resources, and heal your life. Contact Bright Life today and mention this podcast to receive a free 30-minute upgrade added to your new client experience session. Find the phone number and website here in the show notes. All right, we are back. Now I'm going to tell you about the real scary stuff. So some of us believe like, oh, it's not so bad. We're just going to tiptoe on the eggshells till the next euphoric amazing moment because those euphoric amazing moments, you know, they're worth the bad ones. Mm -hmm. This dream life is worth it. When it's good, it's good. You know, like I think I'm overreacting and now he's being really good and everything's great. And, you know, you just, especially if you've got kids, and you're married, you just don't want to hastily make decisions based on a hunch or based on, you know, they have you feeling so crazy, like maybe it is me, I need to get some help before I make any rash decisions, right? So let me tell you what's happening in the meantime, when you're in a trauma bond, and you're constantly going through this circle, or if you are just resubjected to trauma over and over again, this is when it can happen with your spouse, with coworkers, with friends, with family, with moms and dads. Like if your parents are narcissists or you have a sibling that's a narcissist or a friend that's a narcissist, if you're constantly subjected to this trauma over and over again, it's going to release cortisol in your body. Cortisol shrinks your hippocampus. Guess what's in there? Your memory. So... I want to relate this back to the trauma bond, but I'm going to do it all together after I explain the other things. So cortisol, as I'm sure you've heard, because it's everywhere, is also what adds stubborn belly fat. So if you're stressed, you're going to have that stubborn belly fat that's not going away no matter how hard you work out, right? Mm -hmm. And you're also going to start losing your short-term memory. So another thing happens when you're exposed to trauma is your amygdala fires, and it starts becoming overactive. This increases irritability, it decreases quality of sleep, and it increases fear. So I'm talking to you mamas and daddies out there. Are you finding yourself overly worried about your kid's safety or the world, politics? Are you finding yourself not being able to sleep well, not being able to get to sleep well, not being able to wake up very easily in the morning? Mm. Are you finding yourself losing your cool, snapping at your kids, snapping at your husband or wife, snapping at people at work, snapping at friends, family? All of these things, if they weren't you before this trauma started happening, it's not you now. This is a response to trauma. Also, the short-term memory and adding of belly fat is not you. It's a result of trauma. Let me put this into the trauma bond, into the abuse cycle, and show you what this looks like. 
your short-term memory starts to go. So you don't remember something properly that, some, that your abuser has been telling you happened. You do the research and find out you totally forgot or you space telling them something or you did get a detail wrong. All of a the sudden, their view of you is validated. You are crazy. They were the right one, right? If you are irritable and you're snapping, they're going to provoke you more often because it's so easy to get you to snap. And once you snap, they can look at you and say, wow, zero to 60. Wow, you are not in control. You are the crazy one. You are flying off the handle. I'm sitting here talking calm as a goose. Are, are geese calm? <laughs> not generally. What, what, calm as a what? Cucumber? Cucumber. That's perfect. Cool as a cucumber. There you go. Whatever. See, <laughs> I have short-term memory loss. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, they're going to start saying all these things that, and, and they're right. Like, they're right. And that's what sucks. And then your sleep is going to go. And then you're worrying too much. You're always over dramatic. Well, this is literally a result of your amygdala being hyperactive for being exposed to abuse so often. So all of these things are happening and you're like, oh my gosh, it is me. I am crazy. I am overdramatic. I am the one that's the issue, right? And then their view of you is re uh, validated. So I wanted to go over real quick before we close. Um, hopefully that blew your mind and and I, I, I'm just hoping that gives people some, some clarity on trusting your gut. Because if you've got kids, whether you're the dad or the mom, and you're being abused over and over and over again, these poor kids don't even know you, like the real you. They know the abused you that is now in a trauma bond. They know the addicted to dopamine and oxytocin you who has withdrawals because their abuser takes that dopamine and oxytocin away from them whenever they want to. And they have the adrenaline and the hyperactive amygdala from being yelled at or abused in other ways. And they're seeing this parent that, I mean, I can tell you when I healed, my kids got to meet the real me. Mm -hmm. They got to meet their real mom. And it's been amazing the results that have happened from me healing and not being that person anymore. Because if any of you have experienced this, you, you look at yourself and like, who am I? Like, this was never me. I've never acted this way. So why am I acting this way now? And um, so I just want to offer you hope that there is healing and you can heal, but you have to get away from the trauma. You cannot heal while you're continually being abused. You can start the process, but you can't, you cannot stop what's chemically going on in your body unless you get away from it. So something I do want to talk about is post-separation abuse. For those of you that did decide to leave and you were hoping this trauma bond would go away <laughs> and this continued exposure to trauma would go away, um, I can tell you that once you leave an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage and you do have kids, it's really tough because you can't do the no contact. And I have a lot of research behind this information, a lot of um, other stories of other women who are dealing with this. And 
I have some resources I wanted to share. So there's a website called onemomsbattle.com. And she's doing a lot of work on post-separation abuse. There's studies being done now. So hang in there. There's a lot of people working on this for you. But I can tell you there are seven, no, eight types of post-separation abuse. And I want to go over these because I want you to be aware of what is going on. So the first one is isolation. Isolation is where the abuser spreads lies and rumors to family, friends, teachers, and community and discredits the safe parent to destroy their support system and reputation. They paint a false narrative projecting their own issues to discredit the safe parent. And then they withhold the child's social interactions to maintain abusive parents' sphere of control. The next one I have is coercive control. It creates a sense of fear that pervades all elements of the safe parent's life, consistently belittles, undermines, shames, and criticizes the safe parent to abuse emotionally, strategically manipulates family, friends, or community into conflict with the safe parent to remain in control and gain on advantage. This is called triangulation also. And then imposes a self, no, imposes a false narrative to make the safe parent doubt their reality, their memory, and their perceptions. This is gaslighting. Again, when your hippocampus has deteriorated and you have memory issues, it's very easy for them to gaslight. So harassment and stalking is number three. It bombards the healthy parent with an overwhelming number of emails, phone calls, and manipulative, threatening, and abusive messages monitors their whereabouts, their social interactions, their social media, etc., via devices, online communication tools, or spyware, and terrorizes and intimidates safe parents with threats without rising to the level of involving law enforcement. Next is legal abuse, misuse of court proceedings to control, harass, intimidate, coerce, and exhaust the financial and emotional resources of the safe parent, disregards court orders, makes false reports, deliberately causes delays in court proceedings, and makes legal threats to assert power and control over the safe parent, seeks a change in custody only as means of revenge, punishment, and continued control over the safe parent. Financial abuse. Blocks access to bank accounts and other financial resources, interferes or jeopardizes job interviews, employment, or career advancement of the safe parent, misuse of litigation to add uh, to the disadvantage of the safe parent financially, and withholds, mismanages, or delays support payments and court-ordered reimbursements. The next one is neglectful or, or abusive parenting. Exposes children to unsafe content, situations, or people, which uh, creates concern and fear in the safe parent. Uses violence, intimidation, threats, manipulation, and ridicule to gain compliance from the children and the abusive parent places their own needs above the needs of the child. Counterparenting is undermining the safe parent's parenting abilities and decisions, denies or withholds consent or care for the child's medical or therapeutic needs, seeks to impose opposing values in the child to spite the safe parent. And the last one, alienation allegations. Child favors the safe parent and rejects the abusive parent, leading to false allegations of alienation. 
Parental alienation claims lodged against the safe parent as a legal strategy to cast doubt on their credibility and valid claims of abuse labeled as alienation by the abusive parent as a defensive tactic. So I know that was a lot. And this is quite real. Um, what I wanted to offer was a dig deeper episode. So that was just me going through an overview. If you're in this position and you're experiencing these things, we're going to do a dig deeper podcast episode on how to protect yourself from every single one of those things. So that's the subscription version of this podcast. And so if you want to dig deeper, look for the subscription. Um, you can reach out to me just to follow up on when that will be aired. And uh, we'll get you guys educated on this post-separation abuse and how to protect yourself. But in the meantime, you can check out OneMomsBattle.com. She does have some great resources, um, including how to communicate with your narcissistic co-parent person. It's not really co-parenting at that point. It's, really <laughs> it's just abuse. Um, anyhow, so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know it's a little bit longer, and I appreciate you hanging in there. But holy cow, abuse is a big topic. Mm -hmm. And the trauma bond blew my mind when I found out about it. And I am very passionate about sharing that because it really did make me feel like I was crazy. And I didn't see that until... I was finally out and just started educating myself. So that is the number one way to start healing, you guys. Number one is to educate yourself. And number two is to get away from the trauma mm -hmm. as much as you possibly can. All right. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. I am so glad we got to connect on this podcast. It's been an honor. And I wanted to give you some more resources. We have a website called reclaimjournal.com where you can look at more skills and tools, including coaching sessions, brain spotting sessions, and the Reclaim Journal. These podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. So we will be having some ads. However, we do have an ad-free option. So if you would like to subscribe, not only will you get ad-free podcasts, but you'll also get bonus content episodes. We'll see you next week.